Tonight, I'm preaching on being gripped by fear. I want you to think back for a moment in your life where you were gripped by fear, where something just totally gripped you and you couldn't, I mean, you were in great fear and you couldn't get past that moment. I mean, you couldn't, it was hard to see God. You were extremely fearful. Uh, We had a situation when we were, uh, uh, we took our kids, we've gone on mission trips uh, all over the world, but we took a mission trip to Washington, D.C., an incredible thing. Uh, There we worked uh, uh, with, um, Kelly, help me, what's that? Yeah, the shawls, but we worked with, um, I'm thinking the, uh, you know, the black preacher, Kenny Baldwin. We worked with him and did some work at his uh, uh, church there, but um, we stayed in this huge hotel, and there's a guy, do y'all know what Scrapple is here? I kind of figured y'all might know what Scrapple is. I have never had scrap in my life, and there was a guy from our, uh, who was with us on the trip, he said, you need to taste scrap. Well, he cooks it, they have little kitchenettes in their, in their uh, uh, rooms there, and he starts cooking the scrap. But the problem is, he starts a fire in the hotel room. Smoke's going, sm- the fire alarm's going off, and uh, they evacuate the hotel because our guy is cooking scrap. And uh, so they get us out of the uh, uh, hotel. I mean, this is a huge hotel. It's probably about two, 250 rooms and people everywhere. Fire trucks are coming. Smoke's go- this is the craziest thing. There was kids in that room, and this smoke has filled the room, and these kids are teenagers, are dead asleep. They're not moving a butt. I mean, they're not moving a bit. So we go down. There's some of our girls that have the towels wrapped in their head and everything, and Two of our kids were on the trip, Noah and Abby, our oldest daughter, Abby, and Noah. She was about seven at this point, and Noah was four. And so they said, okay, everything's clear. They get uh, through with the smoke, the fire, and uh, Noah and Abby said, can we go up? We're going to go a separate uh, elevator car. So fine, just meet us in the room. So we get to the room, and uh, about three, four minutes later, Abby comes to the room. No Noah. He's four years old. He's in this huge hotel. I want to tell you something. I, I'm like, Abby, where is your brother? Well, he got off. He got off. He, he wanted to race me. He wanted to beat me here before I got here. I want to tell you something. That moment, I, I'm just telling you, I thought, I'm the worst dad ever. I am, I'm just totally gripped by fear. I mean, I am gripped and riddled with fear. I have done the stupidest thing of all my life. I let my son go, and there's weirdos all over this hotel room, these places. I've lost my kid. I've lost my son. I mean, I, my wife was there. I, was, I mean, it was panic. There was a, a man from our church, an elderly man that loved Noah, and he's going into panic too. And we're like, where is Noah? Thankfully. It seemed like 30 minutes to an hour. Thankfully, about five minutes later, we found him. He had got off on another floor, and he was trying to beat his sister to, the, to our room, and he got off on the wrong floor. Fear. I, I'm going to just tell you something. At that moment, I didn't practice what I'm going to preach to you at the, tonight. See, you're, you're going to face things that bring fear your way this week. You have faced things in your life. Again, as I mentioned this morning, you live long enough, you're going to face things that will bring great fear into your life. And we'll see this in the story of Moses. Okay, fear comes to us this way, and I'll get into the, the text here in just a moment. Fear comes to us as we're waiting the results of a medical scan. 
I've been there, y'all. I've been there to the bedside of people in our church that have gotten bad news. They're waiting on the results, and I've, got, I've been there when they've got the bad news. Maybe you're receiving or you've received an unexpected late-night phone call, and for a pastor, when you receive a phone call late at night, that's a scary thing. Maybe you're, you get an email from your boss, and your boss says, hey, I need to meet with you about a matter. I need to talk to you about a matter. And you have the, your, your mind goes everywhere, and of course, to the worst. Uh, maybe this, you suspect your spouse has not been faithful. You suspect something. A child, this is another thing that brings great fear and disappointment, and, and it really causes a lot of anxiety. A child of yours is making bad choices. Their life is spiraling downward, and it brings great fear. You don't want that for your child, but it brings great fear. So look at verse 9. We're going to see this. For the Israelites and Egyptians are, are hot on the heels. Look at Exodus 14, and we'll look at verse 9. The verse says, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army overlooking them and, camp and camping them by the sea. I'll go on to verse 10 here in just a moment, but I want you chariots are approaching. You know this story. This is the children of Israel. They're fleeing. The chariots are approaching. It's like a tidal wave of horses. You hear the hooves of the horses. And as they get closer and closer, and by the way, this actually happened. I want you all to, again, sometimes as we're going through and we're reading and we're studying the Bible, it's like this is some kind of, as we get further and further away from this actually happened. This actually happened. This happened here on this earth. And the children of Israel had to flee. This is a real life story. This is not a make-believe story. And so it brought great fear into their life. I mean, louder and louder, closer and closer. And I want you for just a moment to go with me there to that moment. Because if I'm there, Tony, in that moment, I'm fearing. I'm scared. I am struggling. Because this is not looking good. So, again, notice Israel was focused. Israel lifted up their eyes. And look at, look at what, behold, Egypt marched after them. Look at verse 10 now. Because this is where we need to go. And, and when Pharaoh drew nigh, and he was drawing nigh, they could hear him drawing nigh. He's coming. He's hot on the heels. He's right behind us. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. I mean, here you see it. They cried out to God in verse 10, but see, they started to complain in verse 11. Look at verse 11. They said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? I mean, here it is. They're hot on our heels, and, and you've done this to us. They cry out to God. Are they crying out to God in faith? Or are they crying out to God in criticism? At this moment, they're crying out to God in criticism. And again, before we judge the Israelites, we've been there. We've cried out to God, not in faith, but in criticism. God, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? This is causing great fear in my life. And we complain and we grumble and we get upset at God. So they started to complain and get, get upset. The Israelites, look at verse 12. Is not this the word, verse 12? Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? 
for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. I mean, get this. Here it is. You're, they're complaining. They're criticizing God. We'd been better off. Now they go from this complaining to self-sufficiency. We'd been better off, God, without you. We'd been better off staying there with the Egyptians. And again, before we judge the Israelites, we do the same thing sometimes. God, we've been better off in this situation like we know better than God. It's comical, y'all. It's comical. God is an, he's an omniscient God, meaning he knows all. And he's the one that puts the pieces of the puzzle together. He's sovereign. He's Lord over all. And, and we get like the Israelites in our life and we say, we say this, God, I, I, I'm okay. I don't need you right now. And we do that because we neglect our prayer life. We neglect our Bible study. We neglect our intimacy with him. We neglect our worship with him. God, I don't need you. I've got this figured out. So God allows Moses to bring, him, bring a calm. And I love that. He brings a calm to this moment uh, when there's great fear and chaos. And remember this. What does 2 Timothy 1.7 say, church? Listen to this. It says, God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. Perfect. You've quoted it. That's the verse. You see it up there. Look at it. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. So I want you to look. We're going to look at these verses. We're going to look at verse 13. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and join me in prayer as we go into it? As you do that tonight, I'm going to ask you to do this. I am so thankful that Pastor Tony has allowed me to come and, and speak in his pulpit. This is God's church. He's the leader. God has put Tony in leadership here. He's a great leader. And I'm thankful, honored to be here tonight. But as a pastor to pastor, as a friend to friend, I want to come just like I would expect someone as they come into Calvary to come and encourage you and challenge you from God's word. So tonight, this is about fear. And this is something you all, all of us face. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, please, right now, I need you. I need your power, I need your strength, I need your wisdom, I need your discernment. I need to be filled by the Holy Spirit, been asking this, requesting this. I walk in the Spirit, I want to be controlled, I want to yield to the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit wants me to say and do right now, I'm just a vessel, I'm just a tool in your hand. But God, there's people in this room that need to hear this message tonight. They need to hear from your word, they don't need to hear from Dwight. They need to hear from you. Your word is powerful. It's sharp. It's quick. It's alive. And so I'm thankful for that tonight. So help me to preach, teach your word. In just this brief time tonight, again, something we can take with us and use daily, moment by moment in our life, Lord, as we face fear. In Jesus' name, amen. When we look at this, when we talk about grip by fear, there's a choice, the choice. And we talk about this, verse 13. So here it is. Uh, they've, uh, the uh, Pharaoh and his army's coming, the Egyptians are coming, and they're now the Israelites are complaining, and they're upset at God, and now Moses brings a calm. Look at verse 13, because don't miss this, because God used Moses in a very critical time in the Israelites' uh, life. Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you today, for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. That's powerful. But look at this. Here's the choice. Look back at verse 13. It says, fear ye not. Fear is a choice. How many of y'all agree with that tonight? 
fear is a choice. We choose to fear or we choose to trust. No one forces me to fear. There's things that I fear, but I choose to be fearful of those things. There's some people, I don't care for snakes. If I see a snake right now, I'm afraid of them. My son, he ain't afraid of them. He's going to kill them, but he's not afraid of them. I'm afraid that I'm running. I send my son out to kill the snake. You understand what I'm saying? Fearful. Fear causes us to do, it's a choice. It's a choice. Fear causes us to do a variety of things. Here's what it does. It causes us to retreat. Again, if I see a snake, I'm retreating. It causes us to worry. Fear causes us to go into panic. We, we, I got to tell you this real quick. A fear, uh, we had a chipmunk get in our house. When our, my, our kids were small and my wife was there, and I'm, at one moment they're like, oh, a cute chipmunk. That chipmunk starts running. I saw my wife and my two little girls up on the kitchen table like that, fearful, running from a little chipmunk. Panic sets in. We lash out. When fear comes, we shut down. We shut down when, when we shut down and we don't reach out. We shut down. Here's what... I'm going to say this, and I think this happens in a lot of people's life. When fear comes, when we start fearing things, we start isolating ourselves. We We fear and we worry what people are thinking, what they're saying, even in our family, in our work, and we start isolating ourselves. That's not the right response. Sometimes with fear, we blow up. We blow up people and blow up at the situation. Fear causes us to do this. It causes us to forget God's promises. And when that happens, we start to imagine the worst case scenarios. Case in point, with our son, I was imagining the absolute worst case scenario, what was happening with my son. I want you all to hear what I just said. Fear causes us to go there. And it's a choice. We don't have to go there. We don't have to go there with our mind. We don't have to go with our emotions, our heart. And fear causes us to do it. We don't have to. It's a choice. Moses redirected the Israelites' attention back to the Lord. He's essentially saying, look, it says, fear ye not. You have a choice in this. Keep your focus and faith on God. Don't get your attention on men. Don't get your attention on what people can do to you. If you want to fear someone, fear God. Respect God. But trust Him in this moment in your life. Fear. Don't fear, faith, trust God. At this moment, Moses chose faith over fear. They needed a leader. I'm thankful for the leader God has given you. He is choosing faith over fear because here's what fear does. It causes us not to do things that God wants us to do. We fear and we don't trust. So at this moment, Moses chose faith over fear. The people were weak in their faith. and There's moments in my life, and Tony could tell you the same thing, we're weak in our faith, and we need encouragement. But here God uses us as ministers, as pastors, to challenge you when you're weak, to go forth, to be strong, to trust. When tests of faith come, we have a choice in our response. It's important for us to choose faith over fear. Then there's a command. Look at verse 13, please. It says, fear ye not, and I like these next two words, it says, stand still. It says, stand still. Now think about this for a moment. Humanly speaking, this is rarely the response that we choose to stand still when we're faced with fear. When we're faced with fear, we do a lot of other things other than standing still. We don't stand still. We don't trust. We panic. We go nuts. We do stupid stuff. 
when fear comes their way, when fearful things come away. So the real temptation for the Israelites was to flee. And here's the good question. Where do they flee? Pharaoh and the army is on their heels right behind them. Do you remember the story? What's in front of them? The Red Sea. They have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go. So the best thing for them to do is stand still. I mean, stand still, wait. Go back to the Egyptians, go in the Red Sea. Either way, fleeing would bring sure destruction. You go in the Red Sea, you're going to die. You go back, you're going to get killed. You're going to be destroyed. And that's what happens in our life when we start getting ahead of God and we start panicking and we start running around like a chicken with a head cut off. Then we got problems. And not only do we bring destruction in our own life, we bring destruction to people in in our life, family and friends because of bad choices, because of what fear causes us to do. So Moses says, stand still, be still, stop for a moment, trust, pray, breathe, enjoy God's peace, enjoy God's presence. Psalm 4610 says this, be still, y'all know this verse. Thank you, be still and know that I am God. I want you to stop for a moment because again, In my life, there's been some very fearful things. I I want you to hear this. I mentioned this earlier. You go through transitions with Pat. We went through two at our church. And um, everything is going along just fine. And all of a sudden, the leader that's right in front of you, the, the man that's leading you, the pastor that's leading you, is gone. And I want to tell you something. That's a fearful thing. That's a fearful thing. One of the best things we did, we stood still, we didn't panic, we didn't go berserk, we didn't run around like we're crazy, we stood still, and we waited on God, we trusted God, and God moved, and God strengthened, and God prepared us for the next step. That's the hardest thing for us to do, stand still and trust God. There are times God wants us to take action and move, but at this moment, The best choice for the Israelites was this, stand still. Obey the command of Moses and stand still. There's an old legend regarding it. Listen, this is a really good story. A young Cherokee Indian's rite of passage. Listen to this. When a boy is ready to become a man, the father takes his son into the forest. He takes his son into the forest and he blindfolds him and leaves him alone. He is required to sit on a tree stump the entire day night, not removing the blindfold until the rays of the morning sunshine shine through. He cannot cry out for help to anyone. After he survives the night, he is considered a man. I mean, he's a man. He cannot tell the other boys of this experience because each boy must come into manhood on his own. The boy is naturally, naturally terrified. He's gripped with fear. He can hear all kinds of noises all throughout the night, wild beasts all around him, maybe even humans that would try to do him harm. During one boy's ordeal, the wind blew, the grass, the earth shook, stump was shaking underneath him, but he sat stoically, not removing his blindfold. It was the only way that he could become a man. Finally, after a horrific night, the sun appeared and he removed his blindfold. When he removed his blindfold, it was then that he discovered this. His father was sitting right across from him the whole night. 
on the stump right there. He had been at watch the entire night protecting his son. So when it says stand still, there's a reason it meant to stand still. It was for his good. When it comes to our life and when God says to us in our life, he says to you very personally and very specifically, sir, ma'am, whatever your name is, when he says to me, Dwight, stand still. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to move at this point. You need to stand still. This is for your good. It's one of the hardest things for us to do in our life. But one of the greatest things for us to do is to trust God and stand still. Be still and know. Be still and know that he's God, that he cares deeply for you. Like the father in this situation with the son. He cared. He knew what was going on. He was there to protect him. Believe me, he wouldn't have let any harm come his way. And that's the way God is in our life. When we stand still, God will work. When gripped by fear, we see the choice, we see the command, and now we see the clarity. Look at how this progresses in this verse. God's spoken to me in my life about this. There's so much in here that you could draw out. This is what God has given me. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still. So you stand still, and now what do you do? Here's the clarity. See the salvation of the Lord. When fear grips us, it seems like we're blinded by our fear. Fear causes us not to see things clearly and to do things that we would not naturally do. Fear causes us to only see the enemy and not to see the victor. We can only see who's coming after us. Who's causing us problems? Who's causing the fear? Who's causing the problem? Who's causing the struggle? We can't see past them. And God is there. The victor's there to help us overcome whatever fear. I mean, I want to tell you something. This, there's things that bring fear to life, and it's different things. You know the struggle. You know what brings. And by the way, Satan leverages those things in our life. Because if he can get us to fear, that means we're not trusting if we're not trusting, we're not obeying. So fear causes us to see only the enemy and not the victor. Fear causes us to see the problem and not the solution. Moses says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Are you all familiar with experiencing God? Tony, have you ever experienced God? Blackaby, you ever uh, done that here? There's seven realities of experiencing God. It's a, a great book. We did this study years ago at our church. And... Uh, one of, the, one of the realities is this. It's a principle. It's actually the first one that says, God is at work around you. And so again, when we stand still for a moment, when we trust, we're looking and we're seeing God at work around us. Uh, in our church right now, I am seeing God work very specifically in people's lives. I'm seeing God work in situations. I'm seeing God work personally in my life as I'm walking through some things that I personally fear. I'm seeing God at work. I'm seeing God do things for me that I cannot do. So I'm seeing the hand of God as I spoke about this morning. So there's clarity if I'm running around wild and crazy and fearful and not stopping and pausing for a moment, I can't see God. Tony, it's awesome to see God and how he works in our life personally, personally. We have discipleship groups at our church. 
I meet weekly with, the, with our staff is one of my discipleship groups, and I have four men outside of that that are from our church, and we meet, we have accountability, we study the Bible, we memorize the Bible, uh, we, we study scripture together. And I want to tell you something, there's an intimacy there, and I'm seeing God work in their lives, and God is working in my life. And I love to see God at work, but you got to stand still. You know, we live in a, in a, in a day where we're fast-paced, and we're always going, and we're always watching, and we got our phones, and we got a lot of things going on, things to keep us occupied, and we don't have time, y'all, to, y'all, sorry, <laughs> I caught myself. We don't have time to stand still and see God and see the salvation of the Lord. When we, clarity comes, it really comes, re, re, reality of this, reality is God is fighting for us if we'll let him. Look at verse 14. So we're going through, okay, fear ye not, verse 13, fear ye not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Verse 14, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to tell you, he's much better than we are fighting our battles. I have totally messed things up when I've tried to fight battles. But when I say, God, I'm going to trust you, God does a perfect and a magnificent job in fighting my battles for me. Moses tells the Israelites, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. And finally, tonight, when we're gripped by fear, we need to see the commission. Now, I want you to get this. Stay with me. Again, it says, first of all, okay, they're they're gripped by fear. Again, you're going to have moments in your life, you're gripped by fear. So right here in these verses, seriously, our real practical application as to what we should do when we're gripped by fear, when we're faced with fear. You, you do this, you fear not, it's a choice. You stand still, and then you see the salvation, you see God, the power of God, the wisdom of God, the clarity of God. And then, then, you're ready to go forward. That's the commission. Look at it. Verse 15, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they, what, church, go forward. I am prepared you. I've worked on you. You're not, you're, okay, I've dealt with the fear in your life, and now I'm ready to move. Now you need to move forward, but you wait on me. Don't get ahead of me. Don't go crazy. Just wait on me and trust me. So now that God has used Moses to bring calm to the Israelites, it's time to go forward. Think about it. The Israelites had, cho had to choose faith over fear. There's some, someone in this room tonight, I believe, that is really gripped with fear. And you are going to have to choose faith over fear, or you're going to be riddled by fear all your life. I want to say something real practical to you tonight that I hope will help you. When I started early in my ministry, I feared people so much. I feared doing this right here. I would stand, I would have panic attacks. I literally almost would get so sick, my blood pressure would go up, I couldn't go out. I mean, I would just be so nervous. And God started dealing my life. I read a book that's really good, When People Are Big and God Is Small. And we fear what people say and think more than what God thinks and what God wants us to do. I want to tell you something tonight. God has given me victory. I still battle fear. I still battle some things. But God gives the victory. He tells us to go forward. I Tony, I don't know about you, but I never thought I'd be pastoring. 
But God brought me to, I can't do it. I can't stand here tonight. I can't stand every Sunday at our church without God. But he's the one that says, all right, you've waited, you've trusted, you stood still, you're not fearing, you're ready to go forward. Go out there and preach. Go out there and proclaim. Go share the gospel. How many of y'all have gone out on outreach and visitation and you go to the door and you are totally gripped by fear? You can't, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? I want to tell you something. God is good and he is powerful. And here's the deal. You're representing Jesus Christ. And don't fear what they may say or do. Their problem is with Jesus. So the commission, go forward. And this is what they did. They go forward. It's now time to go forward. Trust the Lord. Conquer any fear that may come your way. So look, go forward now in the story. Look at verse 31 as we close tonight. And Israel saw he parts the Red Sea, and you know the story. The Red Sea parts, they go across on dry ground, which is a complete and unbelievable miracle. They go around, they go, and there's a wall of water. All this is a miracle. By the way, it happened. It happened here on this earth. It's incredible as you study this story. As they go on through, they pass through. The waters come down, crash in, and destroy Pharaoh and his army. Look at it. In Israel saw, verse 31, that the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and that look at what it says, and the people feared the Lord, and what does it say, church? And believed the Lord. So the opposite of fear is trust. Faith. And I want to do it real simple tonight. It comes down in the Christian life to this. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to fear what man can do or fear things in your life? Are you going to trust God? When you trust God, you obey God. And it really is this simple in our Christian life. How well do you trust God? How much do you trust God? Do you trust him with everything? When fear comes your way, are you going to trust him? Or are you going to be gripped by fear? Are you going to be riddled by fear? Is that going to destroy your life? Is it going to keep you from going forward for Jesus Christ?